It just got canceled? Wow, I didn't know that. You are telling me now for the first time. It had an amazing run. What else can you say? Whether you like the finale or not, it was an amazing show and it had an amazing run. I am actually sad to hear that. I am sad to hear that. Thank you. Hi. Welcome amazing. to All the Best Podcasts Have Daddy Issues. A podcast about whether or not Lost is a good TV show. That quote, of course, from Donald Trump on the eve of discovering that Lost had finished its run. Chiming in, he does think it's an amazing TV show, apparently. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, great. He's I pretty much respect all of his other opinions, so <laughs> we'll definitely take this one into account. Uh, I'm your host, Nolan Pavlich. And I'm Emma May. And uh, yeah, we're here to talk about episode 15, uh, Homecoming, but... First, we do have a little bit of housekeeping. I, I need to, to talk about this. I believe in episode uh, maybe four or five, I talked about how uh, when I was a child, my mother had set up a birthday party for me where nobody brought any toys, uh, but instead brought cereal. And I speculated on why that happened, whether or not it was because... Uh, we needed cereal, or they, I had too many toys. She has spoken to me directly now and told me that it is because my birthday was so close to Christmas. I, my birthday is in February, so it seemed like it was just too much all at once. And so they did a different theme on, you know, uh, pin the tail on the donkey, but with cereal stuff, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. What I will say... First off, I'm glad that we can get this clarification out there. I think it's important for people to know the full context. What I will say is that I have a nephew, her first grandson, uh, whose birthday is much closer to Christmas, and I know for a fact that kid will never get cereal. He will get toys (laughs) every single time, and so I'm not casting any judgment in any direction on that, but I'm just stating that as a fact. And that's the the way it should be. Did she... Was that a tradition that went on past the one time that it happened? I can't remember. No, it, okay. it never happened. It never. We never did that again. And neither of my siblings got that either. Oh. My sister is one year younger than me, so she for sure would have been at an age where she would have been around the same, like getting birth, you know, the same kinds of toys for birthday presents and that kind of thing. But her birthday is in uh, the middle of summer, so mm. nope. So it was just me for one year, but that's okay. It's a great memory. Um, it's a great story. Yeah. Well, and I think I talked about it, but one guy got me a Batman kite. Mm-hmm. And now to this day, that's the only birthday present I ever remember opening as a kid. I could not possibly tell you what anybody else got me. So that did make that one present extremely memorable. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's good. Well, so Emma, I have um, some good news and some bad news for okay. you. Do you do you want the good news first or the bad news? Um... I want the bad news first, I think. Okay. That's what I always pick as well. The bad news. We are going to be spending a substantial amount of this episode talking about the flashbacks that happened during this episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the good news, however, is I do think that this is probably the last like bad episode of season one. Oh, okay. I don't even think it was that bad of an episode. It does not reach the depths of previous ones. The flashback... In my opinion, not great, but the stuff that's happening in the present is all pretty good. Mm-hmm. A lot of action in this episode. Yes, it is. Um, and it looks pretty good, too. It's good It's good action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what did you think? First impressions of this episode. Oh, I loved it. Well, the stuff with Claire, at least. Yeah, I thought it's that... It's nice that she's back. Yeah, I love having her back. Yeah. She gets my favorite line from all of Lost in this episode. And we'll talk about that when we get to it, of course. Okay, well, let's jump right in. So, uh, the episode is episode 15, Homecoming. I didn't write it down, like, word for word, but I actually think that the the Hulu description for the episode was, like, normal-ish. Yeah. So uh, I made a point good. to read it this week, and it yeah. it was normal. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it actually read like someone had watched the episode and then provided a description of it, so that's pretty neat. This, uh, this episode aired on February 9th, 2005, one day after my birthday. So, of course, at that point, let's see, when this episode came out, I was probably sitting at home, 
eating a big old bowl of cereal, <laughs> just chowing down as I enjoyed my favorite TV show, Lost. It's directed by Kevin Hooks, who did, uh, he also directed White Rabbit, the first Jack episode. And then, as far as I know, I think this is his last directed episode of Lost. I didn't see any ones in the, there maybe in like really later seasons he directs one, but for the next couple seasons, that's it. And then it was written by Damon Lindelof, to which I say, Damon, you could have done better. <laughs> Starting off, Charlie uh, wakes up at the caves. Uh, Locke has brought Claire in uh, after uh, he and Locke, or he and Boone had found Claire wandering in the jungle as they were, I guess, also doing that same thing. <laughs> uh, Claire wakes up, but she doesn't remember anything. I have in my notes, in all caps, the word amnesia. Do you think that it's too early to introduce amnesia as a subplot? Uh, for this TV show. We're uh, in episode 15. Yeah, you'd think that that would be a little later on. Um, right. But it's Claire. I'll let her have it. Yeah, and I mean, it does make sense, like what Jack said about... Uh, he says it later in the episode, but like she's gone through trauma with the plane crash and all that. So like, if you told me this was how somebody in real life had amnesia after a plane crash, I wouldn't, I would believe you. Mm -hmm. It's not crazy. It's just, it is such a often used, you know, plot in TV shows for years yep. uh, that it feels a little bit corny. But yeah, she doesn't remember anything after the baby crash, or after, after the baby crash, after the plane crashed and the baby is fine. They make sure to really tell us that the baby is kicking and doing good. So that's great. This episode is kind of interesting. They have, we get more dialogue between Jin and Sun mm -hmm. than we have uh, for anything that wasn't House of the Rising Sun. So Jin, you know, asks like, what do you think's going on? Is Claire gonna be okay? And Sun says she thinks so. This is kind of the first time we get any sort of interiority to Jin, I would say, throughout this mm -hmm. entire season, is this episode. Boone, and Locke uh, theorized about whether or not Claire escaped. And we really don't get a sense of that throughout this whole episode. Um, they're wondering if Ethan is still around, uh, which obviously uh, we do get a sense of that later on. Uh, but we really have no idea what happened to Claire. That will be something... And of course, she has conveniently forgotten it, so the writers don't have to think about that until whenever they want to make it the focus of an episode. How, how nice. Charlie goes to talk to Claire for the first time after she's talked to... Jack and gotten checked out and been left alone, I guess. Uh, and he gives her her diary back. That seems like a very useful thing if you have amnesia, is your own diary mm -hmm. back. Claire asks, you know, about Ethan, and Charlie says that he's the bad guy. And she asks Charlie if they are friends, and he says yes. In flashback, uh, Charlie and his friend Tommy, they are out of drugs. They have run out of brown sugar. What did you think about this guy's accent? <laughs> um, well, as a whole, not a fan. Yeah, I is he is he English? Or he I should have looked be. it up. I mean, yeah, absolutely not. I will say that I will say definitively, no, he is not English. <laughs> he can he has the same English accent that I do. The uh <laughs> I I mean, you know, they're trying, I guess. He is um he is him and Charlie are basically conning a rich woman out of uh, out of money for heroin. I mean, it's... A real uggo. A real <laughs> ugly yeah, woman. He calls, <laughs> he calls her a moose at one point. Oh my god. Yeah, that I mean, part I have, got on my nerves. Like, Oh yeah, for sure. She's a very pretty woman. <laughs> She's, uh, I guess, taller than Dominic Moynihan, but guess what? Uh, most people are. Mm -hmm. So that, that tracks. Speaking of which, how did, how did you feel? How do you feel about Dom after watching this episode? Did, did it diminish your view of him at all? Ugh, I I feel about the same. I just don't have any sympathy for him at all. And I know that like the intention behind this episode was to give him, the, you know, a human nature. Um, but it just didn't land for me. The flashbacks didn't land for me. Yes, it's supposed to show Charlie at his lowest. Which is fine, but it doesn't feel like we've seen any growth from him. Right. Really, I guess besides him throwing away the drugs. But yeah, so uh, Tommy picks Lucy out at the bar, uh, says her dad is rich. Um, he goes to talk with, or Charlie goes to talk with Lucy and her friends while 
uh, Tommy goes to the jukebox and puts in, you know, 20 pence or whatever the hell they use over there to play some drive shaft. Uh, did you see who else was on the jukebox? No, I missed it. Who else? Okay, above drive shaft is Annie Lennox. Uh, below drive shaft is Bonnie Raitt. Um, or Wright. I don't know how her last name is pronounced. I've only ever seen it on album. But uh, either one of those would have been a better choice. Um, Charlie is, I guess, charming here. I mean, that's what the show wants him to be, so he is. He calls Lucy and her friends Saucy Sirens. Mm-hmm. Um, and says that Jane Austen would be ashamed. Okay, so actually here's a great time to talk about this, and we'll talk about it later in some more flashbacks. Um, it does feel like whoever wrote this episode, which I guess is Damon Lindelof, it looks like he has learned about England through, like, different, like, postcards that people have sent him. And (laughs) he just, like, sees the picture on the front. He quick went to Wikipedia, um, and just took some highlights and peppered him in. Yeah, of course, Jane Austen, people, they'd be talking about her over there, for sure, right? (laughs) All the time, they'd be using her as a reference. It's, uh, and by the way, we want to on this podcast, issue a heartfelt, you know, solidarity with the UK at this moment. The Queen has recently passed. Uh, She's passed on. Yeah. Uh, She's gone on to that big blood diamond studded palace in the sky. Um, We're going to miss her. We we believe in everything that she stood for. Um, So, uh, RIP Elizabeth, uh, you will be missed. Uh, God save the Queen. God save the King. Back on the island, Saeed, Jack, Locke, and Charlie have a little powwow. I do think that this is funny because obviously Charlie is a part of this meeting. One, because this is, you know, a Charlie episode. And then I guess maybe because he's, like, you know, trying to go steady with Claire or Mm -hmm. whatever their relationship is. Uh, I would definitely be like, hey, maybe we loop Sawyer in here. Maybe we loop, I don't even Hurley, Michael for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I, there's a lot of people I'd maybe invite to the meeting before Charlie. But yeah, um, Saeed says that he thinks she was sent by Ethan. Uh, this is a crazy thing to think. Uh, I don't know what. I don't know how that would work unless he thinks that she's been brainwashed. I mean, they are using amnesia already, so that definitely is. I, I, that's not off the table for mm-hmm. the show. I would say she she might be brainwashed. We don't know. Um, maybe somebody will like accidentally say her code word, and she will you know garrot them uh, outside the outside the caves. Um, we'll have to stay tuned, I guess, and find out. Said directly does call out how rare amnesia is, so I guess maybe even yeah. they knew. Uh, how corny this storyline is. <laughs> um, and uh, Charlie is outraged that anyone would, I guess, wonder about the circumstances around Claire. Like, they haven't even been like, Claire did something wrong. But like, Charlie's yeah. Charlie's mad. I mean, Charlie really wants everyone to know I'm mad on Claire's behalf this time. I think it's crazy that they're not looping Claire in here. Yeah, I I wish that they would have had that conversation with her. Um, yeah. Or even just ask her about it, you know, like, it, it just from what we're seeing, it doesn't really seem like they're making any attempt. They're like, oh, she has amnesia. No, they're they're talking about her like she's like a wild boar that right. like got into the camp. Like, she's just a problem that they got to figure out. And this is kind of what, you know, they got mad. Claire got mad at Jack and Jack started beating himself up because he didn't believe her before and basically like tried to deal with her without listening to her feelings prior. Mm-hmm. So it's weird that he's just repeating that, that same uh, behavior. And I also think personally that this should have been a Claire episode. Yeah. The whole crux of the episode is Charlie wanting to Charlie in flashbacks, not being capable of taking care of someone to Charlie on the Island. And I guess now he is taking care of Claire vis-a-vis, you know, shooting Ethan. I think a Claire episode where it maybe shows her at a point where she's not able to step up off, you know, back in her life, maybe even like pre-pregnancy. So we think about her as a human being and not just like a mother, Mm -hmm. you know, something that shows her not really able to step up in her regular life off the island to her volunteering to be bait. Uh, Because that is an insane choice and it's given... We basically get no insight into Claire's thinking while she's doing it. Like, 
She just says, I'm going to do it later on. Yeah. Um, I think that would have been a lot more effective than this Charlie flashback. 100%. That's my only gripe with this episode. I did really like the action, and I like that Claire comes back, but you're exactly right that this should have been a Claire episode. I like all of the stuff that's on the island, for mm-hmm. the most part. It's all pretty fun. There's something about it. It, it. It's like exactly the level of... I mean, I keep saying corniness, but it's a little bit campy almost. Uh, just with, especially like Terry O'Quinn is really going ham in this episode. Mm-hmm. It's great. I love every minute of it. Uh, but yeah, then you, then you, as soon as you hear the like, whatever that noise is, the plane taking off or whatever, you're just like, oh man, here we go. Mm-hmm. So Charlie, on the way back to the caves, uh, meets Jin. And uh, they both exchange a classic Korean greeting to each other of Anyang. Uh, apparently, people think that this is an Arrested Development reference. Um, you know, Anyang is a Korean word. Yeah. But also, there's another reference in this episode that makes me think that, yeah, people are correct about that. It probably was. I don't think that... I mean, nobody on the island has, in the entirety of the time that they've been on you know, that the show's been going. And actually, I'm just going to spoil a little bit here, and for the entirety of the rest of the show, nobody on the show attempts to learn any Korean. It is purely on Sun and Jin to speak English Wild. because, yeah, nobody is going to attempt. So for that to be the only time that it happens is Charlie saying Anyang. That is probably an Arrested Development reference, but you know what? Arrested Development, pretty good show, so I guess I can forgive. Or it was. I want to mm-hmm. be clear about that. Did you ever watch season four? Or oh, whatever I the did. Netflix ones I, were. I powered through it, and I did. It's rough. It's, it's yeah, rough. it's rough. I remember very distinctly, me and my friends were such huge Arrested Development fans, and Netflix bought it, and at that point, when you hear, like, oh, there's a Netflix exclusive that didn't, like, make you roll your eyes back then. Like, now mm-hmm. they only have, like, a couple good shows, but back then, like, every exclusive had been a banger up till that point. And so I remember we, like, went out and we bought, like, six, like, uh, uh, like Little Caesars Hot and Ready's because we were all mm-hmm. in college at the time. And we all had the day off and we were just going to sit there and binge. And I think we made it two episodes in. And then oh. we were like, yeah, I don't know, guys. I'm not enjoying any minute of this. Like, it was, What a uh, letdown. Yeah. It's crazy, too, because everyone involved with that show is very talented and funny. And all the actors are very talented and funny, too. Like, mm-hmm. it, it it just was some... I don't know what the... the just the magic was gone. Yeah. They never should have touched it. Yeah. Imagine if it had... I mean... Just, yeah, if they had only kept it at that three seasons, people would be talking about it as, like, one of the greatest comedy TV shows ever, right? Mm-hmm. I think they still do. Yeah. It's it's probably still up there. Those first three seasons are pretty untouchable. Absolutely. Uh, except for the, uh, maybe the the Charlize Theron uh, oh, yeah. uh, plotline. Maybe that's a little <laughs> bit touchable. Maybe we can go back and retouch on that. Anyways, this isn't about Arrested Development. This is, of course, about Lost. Charlie vents to Jin about how lucky he is to not understand. Oof. I mean... I'm going to go ahead and just be really generous to Charlie and say uh, he's venting to Jin about how lucky Jin is to not understand what everyone is saying. It does seem like he's implying that Jin doesn't understand what's going on. This is crazy. You can pick out a lot of things uh, without understanding language. Um, extremely, you know, that's just, it's just silly. Yeah, very cringe. And then unfortunately, I think the episode reinforces it later because it seems like Jin doesn't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. But, like, the idea that, I mean, Jin, Jin seems like a smart enough guy. I think he could probably figure out a lot of stuff. Yeah. You know, when when everyone's, uh, you know, digging Jack out of a cave-in, maybe he probably, like, can figure out what happened. Right. But uh, as they're talking, Charlie's getting more and more heated, and uh, we hear a sound. Uh, so Ethan is, I think the idea here is he's using, like, a David and Goliath, like, sling, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I love. I think that that should have been shown on the show. Like, obviously, it's for a surprise effect that the rock just comes out of nowhere, hits Jin, and then who comes out around the corner but Ethan. But I would have loved to see him starting that thing up. The he's terrifying. He is so scary. He's. It's a bummer that he's dead. Yeah, he could have been such a good villain. It's, I agree. 
Yeah. He should. Yeah, he should have gotten away. I, I mean, I think I actually do think that is a pretty big mistake of this episode. Ethan did. Uh, Ethan. He clearly represents somebody else. So there's more villains out there for sure. Mm-hmm. But like, he just would have been perfect. He was already extremely creepy. He had a history with Charlie and Claire. Yeah, they should not have killed him. But mm-hmm. what can you do? Uh, Ethan says that. Uh, he wants Claire back, and he's going to kill somebody every day until she is, and he's going to finish killing people with Charlie. Charlie will be the last one alive until... Yeah, pretty um, pretty scary plan, and he definitely seems like he will do it, and he does yeah. start to do it. So mm-hmm. Charlie wants to go uh, hunt him down. Uh, Jack seems like he's on Charlie's side, but Locke doesn't want to go, and they, they argue about tactics, about whether or not everyone, like, gathering at the caves is exactly what Ethan wants people to do uh all that kind of stuff and Locke has a plan um this part was a little insane to me yeah I why wouldn't they tell more people they constantly on the show like to be like if we tell everyone there's gonna be mass panic right it's like what are you talking about to where yeah like it's not like people are like crowding in the front of a Walmart or something right now like nobody's gonna get trampled like, what's going to happen? The hypochondriac guy that from the golf episode can't wipe his own ass without somebody telling him what to do. Like, nobody's going to, like, go out and do anything. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's a constant, like, fear on the show is everyone panicking, I guess. Which also, what, do you, what else are you doing on this island? Why not panic? Right. It's probably a nice break in the day from, like, watching the ocean. Mm-hmm. So, in the caves... Sun is, like, washing Jin's bruise. I don't 100% know what's going on there. I mean, I guess it probably feels good to have, like, a cool rag on a bruise like that. Um, to be clear, like, Jin should be dead. Yeah. That, that seems like that hit him right in the heart. <laughs> like, that seems like that should have killed him. Uh, but Jin blames everyone else uh, for what's happening to him. He He's acting very innocent. Um he did, like, beat the shit out of Michael, like, six right. episodes ago. Um, and received no repercussions other than he's got a handcuff around his wrist now. So, like, maybe this one was just a little bit of karma coming back for you, Jen. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, Claire thinks people are avoiding her, and Charlie chooses not to tell her about Ethan. This is also insane. Incredibly, this will not be the most paternalistic thing to happen this episode that is coming up later, but yeah, wild. I don't know why you wouldn't tell her. That's, I mean, it does. it's not even in a sense of like protecting her. That seems like that's putting her in more danger. Right. Like if she doesn't know, like what if she goes for a walk? Right. And then, you know, Ethan just grabs her again. Like just crazy. Um, in flashback, Charlie and Lucy um, have their... Fr- have had their first date, uh, and they come back to the house that I guess Lucy and her dad live in. How old do you think that the show think wants us to think Lucy is? I don't know. She's like 30s, right? Right. She seems like she's early to mid-30s. Right. I think that the show wants us to think she's in like her early 20s. I mean, she's oh. still living <laughs> with her dad, and she she's. it seems like she's supposed to be like uh, just a rich girl that... And then that and the fact that, like, they call her, like, a moose later on. Ugh, like, they yeah. clearly are trying... I I think that the the character of Lucy is supposed to be an unattractive uh, 22-year-old. And instead, we got a pretty attractive uh, 30 yeah. to 35-year-old. And <laughs> Bad I casting. Yeah, we're just making it work. <laughs> Charlie says... Um, well, I'm going to read this line to you exactly. And I'm not going to do his accent because I have a little bit of self-respect. Uh, he says, if you're going to invite me up for sex, don't say tea, say sex. Charming. Immediate turnoff. That is an yeah. awful line to, like, and the way that he says it, too, I don't, I mean, he has, like, almost, like, a stereotypical, like, gay lilt in it. It's just, like, a very <laughs> weird, very weird line. Um, but she's really into it because she's, uh, an ugly 22-year-old mm-hmm. dumbass, I guess. Um... <laughs> So she's, he asks where her dad is, and he says that he's buying a paper company up in Slough, which is, of course, a reference to the original office uh, with Ricky Gervais. I am saying this uh, for our listeners. Uh, obviously, Emma, you basically, you're a huge Ricky Gervais fan. You seem like yeah. you love everything he does, so obviously you knew this right off the bat. 
love Ricky Gervais. You're a Gervaiser head, right? Is that yes, what it's called? That's what we're called, Gervaiser heads. <laughs> you just think religion is so stupid. And, <laughs> and that's what you're always saying. Uh, mm-hmm. God, the, the thing where he like posed for a magazine as Jesus Christ, like mm-hmm. on the cross, but also wearing blue jeans. Just one of the dumbest, like... You know, I, you don't even have to agree with like a re- in, from a religious standpoint. This guy is just a dunce. He sucks yeah. big time. I hate him. He does. He, I, I, I can't think of a time he's made me laugh. I do like the British office. I do like the UK office. But he's sure. just being himself in that. Like, right. That's, it's one of those things that gets asshole. less funny the most the more that you learn about him and like realize yeah. like oh this was like not that far off from just who he is as a person. Mm-hmm. Or maybe yep. he's just really leaned into it. I don't know. There's the uh, have you have you ever seen? I don't, I don't remember exactly what it's from, but it's an interview between him and Gary Shandling. Uh, Gary Shandling from like you know Gary Shandling show I guess. Uh, he's a they're having a conversation and uh, Ricky Gervais is obviously kind of trying to like position himself as like the the person that took up the mantle from like Shandling's generation of comedy. And Gary Shandling clearly hates him so much. <laughs> it's so funny to watch. I don't. I think I might go watch it later tonight because uh, it's a little bit cathartic. If um, you find it, please send it to me. I want to see that. Yes, I absolutely will. <laughs> Lucy's dad is buying that paper company. Um, Charlie keys in. He looks through all the like you know the trinkets and artifacts that are littering this guy's living room. Uh, and he keys in on one of Winston Churchill's cigarette cases. Okay, sure. What I mean, again, this is just Damon Lindelof got a Winston Churchill postcard. Insane. Yeah. Some rich guy <laughs> does not have... That's in a museum. Like, stop it. Uh, also, if you're a thief, right, the thing that you don't steal is the thing that could maybe be considered somebody's prized possession. Right. Like, the idea was for Charlie to get out of this with nobody realizing that he had taken anything. Like, maybe grab something out of the display case. Grab whatever's in the back corner. Mm Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so, as we... They say it in this flashback. It was their first date that they're coming home from. Uh, Lucy then invites him to dinner with her father for their second date. Crazy. Yeah, crazy. Uh, A nightmare. That would be an absolute nightmare for me. So, Kate is talking with Jack, asking why... Uh, Ethan wants Claire, and it's really, the conversation is just a way for her to remind Jack, and I guess the viewers, that, hey, Jack, you have four guns in a briefcase. Maybe this is the time to break them out. Um, he says he doesn't want to put guns in untrained hands, uh, which is fair. 90% of the people on this flight were American, so you could probably, right. like, guess, like, you know, there's probably some trained hands around this, like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, And obviously there is, because eventually we find out everyone who knows how to use a gun. Locke's big plan was to set up traps around the perimeter. Uh, This is a bad plan. Mm -hmm. Um, They're also... Also, again, this is one of those things with the show where, like, they kind of, like, break away from, like, the... We're using scraps of a plane thing. And now Locke is using, like, a trash bag filled with cans. Yes. Like, would not a, wouldn't be on a plane. That just that's crazy. The, why would that be there? It what that is from is if you go camping, you have one of those right. bags. Yeah. So I guess they're just confusing the camping aesthetic with uh, the uh, crashed on a desert island aesthetic again. I don't know. I think that's very funny though. Boone <laughs> volunteers for a watch shift. Uh, when this happened. Uh, did you immediately know what was going to occur? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Of <laughs> yeah. course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's so funny. I mean, the best part is Saeed, like, looks at him for, like, ten seconds. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah. okay, sure, yeah, you can have a shift, man. <laughs> and and then Locke is, like, really almost, like, patronizingly appreciative. Like, hey, thanks, Boone. We mm-hmm. really appreciate that, buddy. We're going to... We're going to put this watch shift right up on the fridge, okay, man? Mm-hmm. Um, and Boone loves it. Boone's, he gives a smile. I mean, boy, again, Boone episodes should have had a lot more daddy issues in it. Yes. Because of that guy, yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, 
but Locke is the island daddy, so he is island Boone's, daddy. Boone's getting what he wants, and I would feel pretty comfortable saying that Said is the island's daddy. Yes, that uh, is so think? true. <laughs> okay, perfect. Yeah, um, I love that. <laughs> Claire, uh, so Charlie wants Claire to, I, I guess, like not be in the caves. I don't know, but he feels responsible for last time and. Uh, Jack says, you know, nothing's going to happen to her. A thing that he can't really guarantee. Mm -hmm. Um, In flashback, Charlie has dinner with Lucy and her dad. Her dad is about 15 years older than her. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, uh, And he gives a speech about how he used to be in a band. And he had to step down because a man has to provide. Uh, And Charlie says... Uh, you know, drive shafts on a hiatus, might even be dead. He needs a job. He's really opening up. He starts talking about <laughs> how broke he is. Um, this is their second date, and I just want to reiterate that. This is yeah. their second date where he is breaking down in front of her dad. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, uh, his friend Tommy is mad that he took a job selling the copiers. Uh, it did kind of remind me, uh, you know, Key and Peele? Mm-hmm. Have you seen the, the sketch where they, uh, they talk about robbing a bank by getting jobs at the bank? And then, oh, like, no. <laughs> slowly getting money out, you know, over and over by just getting a paycheck. Um, that's, that's kind of, that's what they gave me the same vibes as, is Charlie trying to go straight. Um, but yeah, Tommy calls, uh, Lucy a moose, um... You know, he is correct. She's uh, two feet taller than either of them. So I guess from (laughs) his perspective, uh, she's very moose-like. Have you ever seen a moose in real life? I have. Is there a bunch? You you live in the wilds of Minnesota. So do you you see them up there? No, but when I worked in Alaska. um, Oh, wow. I saw, I mean, it's pretty rare to see them. Mm -hmm. um, Even in Alaska. um, But I saw three moose wow yeah um they're, and they're huge they're terrifying. and they're terrifying scary yeah they're so scary it's kind of like i mean just in real life when you see a horse and you suddenly realize like oh this thing could kill me without even thinking yeah. about it and a moose is like not even is is on a different level than that a moose could do the same thing to, but to a horse i think the scariest thing too is that like if you see a moose and it is about to charge you there's there's nothing you can do. Yeah, like, there's literally... You have to yeah. stand behind a tree. Like, that's what they tell you. Like, <laughs> you have to be standing next to the entrance to a bomb shelter. Yeah, that's exactly. how you get away from that. That's, like, yeah. that's the only way you get saved there. Yeah. I mean, for me, personally, a moose is charging at me. I just jump right over it. It'll be... Hey. That's, uh, yeah. that's my strategy. Um, mm-hmm. Well, so Tommy won't give... Uh, Charlie any more drugs for the weekend because he's so mad about Charlie taking this job. So, (laughs) back on the island, Boone falls asleep. I have in my notes, of course, in all caps. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, the trap nearest Boone goes off, but, uh, and Boone chases after it, and then he trips and falls down, and it's Vincent. I love when we get Vincent. Yeah, always great. Always mm-hmm. great. This is happening in the shadow of Boone's incompetence, uh, but we get to see uh, my boy Vinny, my good boy Vinny. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Vincent should have killed Boone here. That's what I personally think. I think Vincent <laughs> yeah. should have ripped out Boone's throat. I don't think anyone would have even really disagreed with it. Like, it would not have been a, like, we need to put this dog down situation. I mean, I it's harsh, but it's true. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Um, and here's a fun little fact for you. Uh, season one, while they were filming this, uh, Madison, the dog, Madison T. Dog, and uh, Ian Summerhalder, uh, actor of Boone, uh, Ian was the one that uh, got along with Madison the most. He bonded with her the most. Oh, really? Uh, so maybe that's why they put this little scene in like this. But yeah, he was, uh, he was the one that liked her the most. Oh, that's so cute. I know. And he really didn't have any scenes with her either. Mm-hmm. I can't think of too many Boone plus Vincent scenes. Uh, but I guess just being around on the set. I mean, yeah, I would for sure be chilling with the dog all day. 
Um, yeah. If I could, if I'm just chilling on the beach in Hawaii, I'll be chilling with the golden retriever for sure. So, Saeed, when they find Boone lying on the ground, has just the best, like, shit-eating grin on his face. He's mm-hmm. so happy to see Boone like this, but it gets interrupted because uh, they're screaming from the beach. Turns out uh, one of the formless blobs that sits in the background of most scenes on the show was killed. Um, and the reason that <laughs> none of Locke's four string traps got tripped uh, was because uh, Ethan came from the water, uh, which is uh, pretty fair. feels like maybe one person should have thought about that. Mm-hmm. It was Scott as part of the aforementioned uh, Scott and Steve duo. Pretty messed up for them to kill uh, one of the few gay characters this early. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't know that he's gay, but his uh, neck, arms, and all the bones in his fingers were broken. Yeah. This is pretty brutal. Um, also, weird that no one heard that until now. Yeah. Like, maybe he started with the neck, I guess, but then why keep going? Yeah. And it, I, if someone breaks, I don't know, maybe two or three of the bones in my fingers, I'll start yelling for sure. Yeah. It takes a few, mm-hmm. obviously, to get me really riled up, but I will start yelling. <laughs> Sawyer tries to make a little joke, I guess, and says, Guess Steve drew the short straw, and Hurley says, Dude, that was Scott. Hurley holds a little funeral for Scott. Uh, this is this is cute. Uh, this is a good job for Hurley. Yeah. I feel better about Hurley this episode than oh, same we here. have for the last few. It's like kind of a funny scene, kind of a bittersweet scene. Uh, and then <laughs> Claire goes to the caves, <laughs> and everybody is giving her the stink eye. God, this is so funny. Everyone's just, like, glaring at her as she's, like, going to get some water or whatever. Uh, and so Claire goes and asks Shannon, asks why everyone's staring. Shannon says, we're not. And then Shannon, or Claire says, oh, no, you're staring. Mm-mm. And Shannon tells her what's up. Claire yells at Charlie, who says he was only trying to protect her. And then we get my favorite line. In the entirety of the show, which is in an Australian accent. Why would you keep me in the dark, Charlie? (laughs) (laughs) Just such a funny... I mean, that's so great. I I hope that the writers did that on purpose. I loved it. (laughs) So, in flashback, uh, Charlie looks um, like he's dying. Yeah. uh, But he tells Lucy that he just has a little stomach bug. uh, And she hypes him up. She is a really nice, genuine person. Uh, maybe she, maybe she's a little bit desperate because she's letting Charlie get away with a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, I guess he's a celebrity, and she's a disgusting twenty-two-year-old. Yeah. So I can understand why she's desperate. Which it, it, it's always one of those things too, where I'm like, anytime you have like people talking about how ugly someone is on a TV show. It's like, if that person was in the same room as you, and, like, you know, just normal people from your life, you'd be like, oh, this is the most attractive person in this room, oh, yeah. like, guaranteed. That's how it always works yep. on TV shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, even with, like, someone like Steve Buscemi or someone like that, where it's like, oh, they're famous, but they're, like, a little funny looking. Like, guaranteed, you'd see them and be like, oh, this is more attractive than anyone I've ever met in my life up till now. I... <sighs> so I'm going to admit something... Oh my god, if it's about Steve Buscemi, I don't want to hear it, Emma. It is about Steve Buscemi. Oh my god, what is it? Steve Buscemi on The Sopranos could get it. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was He was very good-looking. He's a, he's a good-looking guy. He's a good-looking guy, but... You just yeah. can't, you can't, like... If you put, he he's, look, he is closer to being a regular-looking person... But yeah. he, he's just a little funny looking. But if you put someone like that next to George Clooney, you're definitely going to be like, oh, look at this bug-eyed freak. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. he's uh, He was great on The Sopranos, too. He was really good. So Charlie steals the cigarette case, the one from Winston Churchill. Um, his favorite cigarette case, I'm led to believe. Uh, and Lucy gives him a briefcase that she got him, or a, a file folder or something like that. Um, yeah, this is Charlie at his absolute lowest. He's a real scumbag dirtbag. He's yeah, so this, sweaty. Painful. Like, yeah, it is yeah. really painful. But he's so sweaty. Like, how... If 
my boyfriend were that sweaty and going uh-huh. to work, I'd be like, no, I don't think you should. <laughs> yeah. I think you should maybe stay home. Um, it's just you're insane saying that, that nobody has You're saying that him. instead of being like, oh, don't worry, I'm going to drive you, you would say something to the effect of, hey, I actually don't think it's safe if we're in this car together. <laughs> yeah. Seems like there's something going to burst out of your chest real soon. <laughs> yeah. It's a, I, you know what? I guess we should say it. It is a little bit on Lucy at this point. Um, yeah. She should have, she should have known what was up. Uh, Locke, um, tells Jack that he would not track down Ethan because they're on his turf, which I think is probably fair. Mm-hmm. Because Locke doesn't know what Jack is about to show him, which is that they have four 9mm handguns from the Marshal's briefcase and about 100 rounds of ammo. So. Jack says, hey, do you know how to use one of these? Locke does the classic TV show thing where instead of saying, yes, I do, uh, he, like, undoes every piece of the gun and checks it and, like, chambers a bullet and all that. Like, it just, uh, he's showing, he he definitely knows how to use a gun. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think we should remember he was uh, um, stuck in a wheelchair in an office job in Tustin, California, like, uh, seven days ago. Yeah. So it is interesting. I, Locke, his background is like super fun to look at because uh, he, they he knows how to do so many things on this island that he shouldn't know how to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they want to use Claire as bait, and uh, she agrees. Again, uh, this this moment is framed less as wow, look at Claire doing like this insanely brave thing. Uh, versus look at Charlie's reaction to Claire doing this. Yeah. Um, and it, this is Charlie's episode, so I guess that's the time for it. But it sucks because it just seems like it robs Claire of uh, a little bit of her spotlight here. Mm-hmm. Um, which, and she's been gone for a few episodes, so if anyone needs one, it's her. They also will not give Charlie a gun. Uh, which fair. is Yeah, fair. He, he comes from a place where they're not allowed to have guns. They only mm-hmm. can have knives. So I think that that is uh, completely fair. Uh, you got to give it to uh, the redneck instead. <laughs> In flashback, uh, Charlie gives a pretty bad presentation, and he, he vomits. Now, Emma, I'd like to ask you, have you ever in your life uh, thrown up before? Yes. Okay, so if you did have to throw up, like let's just say right now, what kind yeah. of surface would you be looking to throw up on? <laughs> would it be a completely like non-porous perfectly mm. smooth uh, and flat surface, or would you maybe look for any kind of receptacle? Yeah, any kind of receptacle. <laughs> oh, okay, interesting. <laughs> well, you're a little bit different than Charlie, then, because he just throws up on the copier. I mean, that's oh a pretty good God. image, but it is insane. Um, <laughs> the music for that scene was kind of fun. Yeah, it's, I mean, they're they're going, that one's supposed to be just like a pure comedy scene. Yeah. There, there's nobody that Charlie has, like, had sex with and then completely betrayed in that scene. So that's mm-hmm. good. Um, so they go to give... Jack gives Sawyer a gun uh, because he knows that Sawyer knows how to use one. Kate wants to go, but Jack is thrilled to tell her that they're all out of guns. Uh, and then Sawyer uh, reminds him, like, hey, I've got the Marshall's gun. We can just mm-hmm. use some ammo and put it in that. And Jack is... Not happy about this. He does not want Kate to come along. Um, This is weird because Kate provides no influence on the rest of this. So this moment exists purely for, like, Jack to be, like, kind of a jerk to her. Um, Yeah. I I don't 100% get it. I mean, maybe that's just all that they wanted to show was Jack doesn't think Kate should be able to do it. Seems like, or maybe he's doing the same thing Charlie's doing with trying to protect her or whatever. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It makes Sawyer look good. Yeah. Sawyer, uh, Sawyer's a real, I mean, he's a feminist. I think we should say that. <laughs> yes. Sawyer's a feminist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they give a little bit of an explanation about how they're going to surround Claire from a bunch of different sight lines. And then they're going to try and take Ethan alive. They didn't like plan out anything with, Ethan. So Claire just, I guess, walks into the jungle. and uh, But Ethan shows up, and he slips past everyone to get to Claire. Uh, but Jack tackles him. And mm-hmm. this scene, this feels like one of those, like, where, like, you find out, like, oh, hey, like, 
Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone were in this movie together, but, like, it was in both of their contracts that, like, neither of them could win a fight against the other one or lose a fight to the other one. Mm -hmm. Like, it feels like one of those things where it's like, hey, so Matthew, like, has to have another one-on-one fight with Ethan, and this time he has to win. Right. Um, Yeah. Like, they all have the guns. They didn't need this. But it's fun. It's always nice to have a good punch-out fight in the rain, in the Mm -hmm. slipping around in the mud. I think there should have been a little bit more shenanigans with that kind of thing. I think people should have been, like, really slipping and trying to get up and immediately yeah. falling down. But that's fine. That's a little bit of a missed opportunity, but what can you do? Uh, Jack wins the fight this time. Uh, everybody surrounds Ethan with guns. Ethan starts to get up, and Sawyer's exact line is, Uh-uh-uh, Jungle Boy, not even for one second. Uh, he's really tough for a guy that has done absolutely nothing this episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> And then as they're all, you know, sitting there, like, just thinking, what next? Uh, Charlie comes out, and I guess he got... Did he get Jack's gun? Is that what happened? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, Jack's lost his gun in the scuffle, but uh, he shoots Ethan dead. Kills him, for sure. He shoots him, like, ten times in the chest. Mm-hmm. Jack asks Charlie, you know, later at the caves, why did you do it? And Charlie says it's because Ethan deserved to die. And Jack says, well, we could have questioned him. Charlie says, well, do you really think he would have talked? Which, I mean, that is a fair point. Probably not. But maybe he could have been a bargaining chip. I don't, I don't right. know. It's crazy. I almost understand Charlie's decision to do it. I mean, I don't in the sense that it's pure, like, him wanting to be a macho guy for Claire. But... Ethan has been a horror movie villain up till this point. Like, yeah. He picked up Charlie by his throat with one hand earlier. Right. Um, and feels like, yeah, he could for sure escape from whatever they put him in. Charlie, everyone's mad at Charlie, but Charlie got what he wanted, which was to keep Claire safe. I personally, I kind of think that this is a little bit... It's a little bit why it doesn't sit right to me, which is I think Charlie is scared of Ethan, and that's why he did it as well. Mm-hmm. And I, so it kind of seems like him saying, oh, this is for Claire is a little bit of a cover-up. Yeah. I mean, he he died. Yes. Like, he was, like, brought back to life yes. uh, by Jack. So He was a cold slab of meat hanging in yeah. the forest until uh, Jack revived him with his punches. With his punches. Which I, we should have gotten a scene of Jack doing that to Ethan, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to bring him back, punch the bullets out. In flashback, Charlie shows up to uh, apologize to Lucy. Lucy, just prior to the scene, had been stung by two bees underneath both of her eyes. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I I guess they had to like really show like she's been like crying, but the makeup person had never seen what it looks like when someone has <laughs> cried before. So mm-hmm. they got pretty close. I will say this. I think they did a great job considering. But she doesn't understand why he took the job and he wanted to be someone who could take care of her. And she says, you'll never take care of anyone. Uh, we get a little bit... We, so we get like Hurley walking by with his headphones on. It did seem like maybe this was supposed to be a montage. Mm-hmm. They, uh, you know, we see everyone talking. Saeed, or Shannon is like cleaning up one of Saeed's scrapes on his arms. Uh, so they're still uh, being all cute together. How are we feeling about that pairing, by the way, at this point? We still feeling good about it? Yeah, I kind of like it. Mm-hmm. I think I do too. Even though, like, I think Saeed is like 35 and she's 22. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's... Uh, pretty it's kind of where naveen andrews got the inspiration for the dropout is he had yeah <laughs> previously had an inappropriately yep. aged relationship with the blonde woman um mm-hmm. prior so it worked out <laughs> so claire comes out of the shadows and uh she says that she remembers peanut butter uh, this is exactly where she should have killed charlie with an yeah. axe it should I, that should have been her oh, like avenging line <laughs> i have in my notes um, do you remember because you were so upset and angry? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, that's the one thing that broke through. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember peanut butter, you dick. <laughs> um, <laughs> they kind of flirt a little bit, and she says that she wants to trust him. So I guess that he's, like, on the path to getting back to the way things were with her. Even though I kind of, they didn't seem like they were on good terms, 
when no. she was taken. She was like mad at him, and he had just revealed, like, "Oh, I'm a drug addict." I. Th- it kind of seems like this worked out for Charlie because now all she has is her diary, where she says like. Charlie is so cute. He's my favorite boy in homeroom class. Uh, that's the end of the episode. Do you want to hear where this got ranked on IMDb? It's going to make you a little bit mad, I think. Where? So it's at 79. Oh. Um, which, it deserves to be in the lower half for sure, but like, you can't tell me this episode is better than like last week's episode or yeah. House of the Rising Sun. I just think this rating is crazy. Um... How and how do they determine the rating? It's pure user ratings. So like okay. there could totally be some like you know fans that hate a certain character all like downvote or down you know give bad reviews to episodes with that character. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's just all user ratings. I don't agree with most of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh it seems like they're I don't know. I mean when I look at the absolute bottom episodes, I think I mostly agree with those. And when I look at the absolute like top episodes, I mostly agree with those too. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so that's episode fifteen, homecoming. Like I said before, we're kind of like we're hitting the home stretch here, the homecoming stretch, I should say. Uh, it's pretty much all gravy from this point on. I think there's one episode with maybe some questionable flashbacks, but nothing as bad as this. Uh, we've got a great rest of the season ahead of us. Awesome. I am super excited for next week's episode. Yes. Next week's episode is uh, called Outlaws, and it is uh, about um, Sawyer. Mm -hmm. Can't wait. It's actually, it's got one of my favorite scenes in it, so I'm excited to talk about it. Awesome. Um, Yeah, well, everyone, thank you for listening. This has been All the Best Podcasts Have Daddy Issues. Um, Please give us a, a rating on iTunes, um, give us, you know what, I would say give us a five-star rating. I think we've earned it. We um, have, at yeah, this we've point. Yeah, we've earned it. Yeah. Yeah. You can tweet at us, at all the best pods, or you can send us an email, allthebestpodcasts at gmail.com. Uh, send us which one you think is worse, uh, my Trump impression or my Australian accent. Um, they're both amazing. We'll, we'll ta- yeah, they're both pretty much pitch perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe maybe you can't pick, but uh, just let us know. And uh, until next week, get lost. Get lost. Bye.